Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in the Ivy League, a look inside the ancient eight teams in the Ivy League and their upcoming games with all of the stats, trends, and analysis that you want to hear. And now, here's your host, Tom Barton. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in the Ivy League. I am Tom Barton. I'm going to talk a little Ivy League sports today. You guys go check me out at TomBartonSports.com. Tom Barton Sports over on Twitter. Tom Barton Sports over on YouTube as well. And TomBartonSports at gmail.com. Yeah, I don't get very creative. Keep it all consistent. That's what they say. So I do want to get into a little bit of uh, Ivy League talk today. And it is going to, for the next couple of weeks, I know that this is seemingly the dog days of summer. Everyone's waiting for the NFL season to start off. Everyone in Ivy Leagues are waiting for college football to start off. You know, kids are going back to school. They're, they're kind of, yeah, that all happens in August. But right now, right now is that middling period. So I want to look back a minute and give a little credit to something that we didn't really talk about, but I'm also going to look forward as well. So we'll start with the, the awards for baseball. And it was a really a banner year for Ivy League baseball. We know that. Uh, we understand you know, what Columbia did, the streaks and the scoring and uh, you know the advancement and beating Gonzaga. It was a great, it was a banner year for Ivy League baseball. And it was a really fun year overall for Major League Baseball. So the eight coaches in the Ivy League, they announced their all-Ivy baseball team. And they did this about three weeks ago. I didn't get a chance to mention it on the air, but I didn't want to overlook it as well. The cleanup hitter for Dartmouth, uh, Kay Krasenskmar, Ivy League Player of the Year. Tyler Cox, one Rookie of the Year. Penn's Kevin Ease was unanimous selection of Pitcher of the Year. And Columbia's Brent Bortetti was unanimously voted Coach of the Year. So we, we look back and you go, you know, for all of that Columbia did, obviously they're going to get Coach of the Year. For all that Columbia did, I mean, Dartmouth Big Slugger, he was the guy this year. He was the absolute guy this year, and he earned it. I know a lot of people, you know, you turn around and, and there was a little bit of debate. And I, I I look at it and I go, I don't think there was any debate. And to me, this was a complete shoe-in. Guy hit three, uh, 405 in league play. Slugging percentage, 774. I, I mean, that's unbelievable. In 21 games in California, the California native had 29 runs, 35 RBIs, 12 doubles, five bombs. He also was a 947 fielding percentage with 36 putouts. So good fielder, sure. But guys, I don't care what league you're in. I don't care what uh, situation. You could be in the California Penal League. If you're batting over 400 with a 774 slugging percentage and you have more runs than games, more RBIs than games, and a double... And in almost every game, extra base hits in seven, 17 extra base hits in 21 games. Guys, you're a slugger. I think he was absolutely, fa- to me, he's the shoo-in. He was a shoo-in. Ivy League player of the year, I don't even doubt. Now, I get it. Look, you have, it's hard to compare a batter and a pitcher in, in any sport. There's always different position battles. How do you compare Tom Brady to Aaron Donald? How do you compare that? There's always the question, how, how can you possibly compare an Andre Vasilevsky to Economic McDavid, it's very difficult. And in baseball, I think it's even more difficult. It's very difficult to compare a pitcher to a hitter. So when Ease came up and he was number two, he's 7-0 in league play, 
third in the league in opponents batting average, 2.27. 51 strikeouts. Uh, okay. I mean, you know, it was nice, but let's be honest. Overall, I, I, I just, I, I don't think it's a question. Cox, another good one, 464. Batting average, I, I mean, that's amazing. 45 hits, nine doubles. That, that was, that's pretty nice, too. He also, seven of nine stolen bases. Pretty nice. I, I mean, not pretty nice. Fantastically nice. But to me, it wasn't really an argument. It really wasn't. Um, Beretti to win Coach of the Year, of course. The nearly 20-game winning streak, 19-game winning streak. Second longest in the history of Ivy League Baseball. The Lions were absolutely fantastic, 17-4. and four. Uh, They won the playoff series. They moved on. We talked about how good they were. I don't think that that's... There's not a lot of question marks for me on this year's team. Not a lot at all. So including Cox and, and uh, you know, the guys that we talked about. Also, Cole Palace, Penn sophomore Wyatt Hensler, Columbia junior Hayden Scott, um, Columbia sophomore Cole Hage, who we talked about on the show before, Dartmouth senior Justin Murray, and the DH from Penn, Andrew Hernandez, all made the team as well. So overall, like I said, absolutely banner, banner year for Ivy League Baseball. It really was. It really was a banner year. You have to like what we watched. So I did want to give a couple of minutes just to look back on the Ivy League Baseball. I mean, we're closing the book on it. We're in baseball season, yet all of a sudden we won't have Ivy League Baseball. Well, so goes college baseball. So, uh, you know, you start to get into the summer months, and I know everyone's looking at football. And you guys, look, I gave you the kind of analysis of what Lindy's gave us. And I got a lot of feedback on that. You guys could always give me the feedback at TomBartonSports at gmail.com or TomBartonSports over on Twitter. And I did get a lot of feedback on that. Look, those were not my predictions. I was just kind of giving an idea of what I believed should play off of those predictions. But I liked the feedback because a lot of you guys agreed with me. So I wanted to look back at baseball, but I also wanted to look forward because news was made this week. There's going to be a bunch of games from the Ivy League on a new ESPN. It's the ESPN Linear Networks the ESPN Linear Networks, six Ivy League games. Hey, that's pretty good, right? I mean, I'll take it. So Friday, September 30th, Penn at Dartmouth. That's going to be the first game, 7 p.m. That's on. They're all on ESPNU, except um, uh, the, the final game, the Yale Harvard game, uh, obviously. They're, that's to be announced. It's probably going to be on a regular station. I, I would assume NBC will grab that, but we'll see. So Friday, September 30th, Penn at Dartmouth. October 7th, Harvard at Cornell. October 14th, Brown at Princeton. October 21st, Princeton at Harvard. October 28th, Yale at Columbia. And then the game is Yale at Harvard in Cambridge this year. That's that's pretty good. Look, six games is pretty good. If you're a Harvard fan, you get to see your team three times on TV if you have the ESPNU. If you're a Princeton fan, you get two. If you're a Yale fan, you get two. Dartmouth fan, one. Cornell fan, one. Brown fan, one. I, mean, I think they did a pretty good job. Columbia fan won. So you get Columbia won, Brown won, Cornell won, Dartmouth won, right? Penn won. <laughs> yeah. And then Harvard's getting two, Princeton's getting two, Yale's getting two. I, every team is going to be represented at least once. So if you're an Ivy League fan and you don't know where to kind of catch your team, you're, they're going to be on TV. And that's, it's 14 consecutive years now. They're going to have a national football television package. That's good for the Ivy Leagues. People don't even understand that the Ivy League football rules are different. Uh, people are, are we got to start watching it. 
I love, listen, I love the Ivy League. I mean, it, it's, it's fantastic. And it's going to be the 138th playing of the game. So we're getting close to, you know, the, those monumental numbers. People do watch the game. I, I, I went into a bar um, a couple of years ago in Las Vegas, and they had the game on. People, people were rooting for it. People were into it. It was very cool. It was very, very cool. So for me, it, you know, you look at this schedule, and Penn Dartmouth, not exactly going to be the biggest representation, but I think it could be a good game. And, and like I said, I think Dartmouth's going to be pretty good. Harvard Cornell, I, I don't know. Brown, Princeton, that'd be good. Princeton, Harvard will be great on October 21st. Yale, Columbia could be good. And then obviously the game. What I do like is that they're all 7 p.m. games, or 6.30 for the October 28th, but they're all about 7 p.m. games on Friday nights. There's not a lot to watch on Friday nights. There's not going to be a lot of competition. So I do hope that the Ivy League gets a, a little bit of a, a push here. Last season, five teams at one point or another were either ranked or got votes in the FCS Top 25 poll. This year, we talked about it. There's already three preseason teams in the FCS Top 25 poll. So while we're coming off of an absolutely banner baseball year, which I really did, I enjoyed thoroughly. I thought it was great. I thought last year's football season was a little bit down. I thought last year's football season was a little bit of guys getting back into the fray. Uh, or are we calling it like 2020 anitis here? 2020 anitis. I felt it was a little bit. I think it's going to be nice and crisp this year. I think we're going to look at the football season. And from a national standpoint, maybe get a little bit more of attention than we have the last couple of years because of the malaise that it had been because of the way that it, the, the situation of course of the 2020 and the pandemic really took effect on the Ivy leagues more than any other school. It really has more than any other conferences. I should say these schools suffered more than anybody else. If you remember the Ivy league baseball um, schedule and basketball schedule were canceled before anybody else. So I think it's going to be a crisper year. I'm, I'm really excited. I wanted to kind of put a bow on the baseball season which I did really enjoy. I thought it was a great baseball season. The basketball season, I would say, was competitive, but it was lackluster in terms of national attention. The Ivy League football schedule is never going to get national attention. It's never going to get that national love. But having six games on, and I think it's going to be a much more competitive season this year, that really is going to increase the draw. And I think that's something that we could all look forward to as Ivy League fans. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me. Short show today. I wanted to look back. Um, enjoy your three-day weekend out there, everybody. I know everybody that is listening to the show probably went to an Ivy League college, so it gives a little extra something for July 4th. You probably have a story or a memory of uh, some kind of history that went down or somebody at your college. Hey, enjoy July 4th. Eat the burgers. Uh, go to the beach. Enjoy the weather, but don't forget what it's all about. I'm going to be back next week. We'll get into a lot next week. I want to get more into football as we start getting closer and closer. So enjoy the weekend, everybody. Have a very good day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.